throwing. And this will end it after the shovel, or will it? Miami running around, circling. Oh, look out! Gronkowski didn't have the angle! Touchdown! Oh, how can you drink a miracle? Hello, welcome to the Dolphin UK podcast. Lads, it feels like I'm just really tired. Like, I'm just really tired. It was like a, such a long weekend, wasn't it? Um, but it was worth it. Uh, you know, all that kind of prep for months and months kind of boiled to the head and, and came away with a pretty, pretty solid draft. Um, joined very uh, by a very special guest, uh, Jason, today. How you doing, mate? Yeah, very well. Yeah, yeah. Sort of a bit of a draft hangover, but um, apart from that, I'm all good. <laughs> Nice one. That's it. Yeah, Jason joins us. He's, he actually works for DraftKings, so we're going to t- tap into some inside in, uh, info throughout the night, I think, and uh, well, j- just get a few get a few kind of thoughts on that side of the fence as well. So that'd be good. Uh, Lee, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. I've I, I've just finished wiping away the tears from not drafting Najee Harris. So, <laughs> did you see the like uh, photo earlier of him holding up the Steelers jersey? And, uh, uh, it's, it's it's too <laughs> soon. I hadn't unfollowed him on Twitter, and it's just it's too soon. <laughs> Uh, good man and Sai how's it going your end mate yeah good thanks Andy apologies to everyone in advance um, I've got seem to have audio and broadband problems this evening so hopefully that won't come across in the pod but I've got an unstable connection much like the Patriots first round draft pick that is also <laughs> arguably unstable as well yeah here, here, here. Um, all right I mean sorry I mean uh, Lee I think we've talked quite a lot about um, our first um, couple of picks. So I think we're opening up to the other guys. Um, Jason, talk to me about Jalen Waddle then, mate. Um, Obviously, sixth overall pick, uh, college career of 106 receptions, 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns. And of course, the all-important connection uh, with Tua. Were you happy with that pick, mate? Do you think it was a bit of a reach? I think some people did think that, didn't they? Um, I mean, I think at the start when when the draft process began, I thought we took a receiver at three, and that would have been a reach. Uh, moving down to six, we've got some extra picks and we've got our man at the end of the day. So, I mean, we can never grumble if, if it's been widely reported that he was the number one receiver on the board and we got him. Um, I think he's definitely that horizontal threat that we need. Um, I mean, schematically, it fits really well. Um, everyone's sort of analysis pre-draft, um, wanting pits, wanting chase. End of the day, Waddle schematically was was the best player, and we've ended up with him. So I can't complain at all. Yeah, a ton of pace to burn. It's going to be exciting to to watch that on on Sunday, isn't it? Sai, I'll, I'll come your way, mate. Um, your kind of initial thought, and and you can call me out here because I obviously did say that I'd be slightly <laughs> underwhelmed by picking Jalen Waddle, and I'd also said that I wouldn't have Jalen Phillips on my uh, draft board. So I am eating humble pie slowly. But um, over to you, mate. What do you reckon? Well, I think we pinpointed before the draft that it was likely to be between one of Smith or Waddle. And I think Lee was very much in fa- not in favour, but had, had thought it might have been Waddle. And we were sitting on the Smith fence, I believe, for various reasons. But we one thing we did agree on was that whichever receiver we picked, it was going to be a good receiver. So whilst on the face of it, Waddle was probably at the... The, the lower end of the list of top receivers. You can't complain with his quality and the fit he's got with the team. So at the end of the day, he's the pick. He's the one that we've got to get behind. And I'm sure he's got, he's going to be that that success with, especially obviously linking up with Tour again. 
Yeah, it's exciting. Go on, Lee. I'll chuck it your way. Yeah, no, it's just just going to say it's interesting. Some of the reports that have come out in the last last few days, and I think you get it every year, so it's hard to know how truthful it is. But by all reports, you know, Waddle was the second player on the board behind Trevor Lawrence for the Dolphins. You know, and I've been saying it for a while. I, I just felt that he he fit the mold better for what the Dolphins want than Pitts and Chase. Um, I think we were lucky in a way as a fan base that Pitts and Chase had gone because otherwise we'd be living through an absolute hell between now and the start of the season where it's, <laughs> you should have taken Pitts. You, said, you know, they obviously weren't that enamoured with Pitts and Chase because otherwise they would have stayed at three to guarantee it. So, you know, I, I do tend to lean on the side of believing the reports that he was second on their board. Um, but I mean, either way, I, I think, for anyone who is super upset about not staying where where we were and taking a, a Pitts or a Chase, th- th- this is the way I'd try and sell it to you. Would you rather have Pitts or Chase or Waddle and a 2023 first round pick? Because that's what you got. Do you know what I mean? It's There's more to it than just, it's not just Waddle versus Pitts or Chase. So I think, you know, it kind of softens the blow for anyone who was mega disappointed. I know another Dolphins fan is a, a mate of mine who was like, I'd have definitely traded Jalen Waddle in the first for Jamar Chase. So the, there's, there's yes. still some out there that are, are kind of... Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I think... What it, I mean, like like, uh, like Jason said, I think he compliments the kind of receivers we've got so much um, that it, it doesn't really feel like we're going to need to move on from any of those guys either. I mean, I think it bumps Preston Williams down the depth chart for sure. But... And when you kind of think about how the Dolphins are going to line up next year with three receivers on the field, one uh, with Parker on the on the on the on the far side, and then and then probably uh, Fuller and Waddle in the slot to start with, I'd imagine. But it's in, just incredibly kind of enticing, and in, and who are they going to cover, especially with Gaziki drawing that coverage as well. So, so you're going to come in there, but yeah, you excited for that? Yeah, I am actually. And what it also does, it puts a load of doubt on the futures of the likes of Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns. I think their roster spots now are in serious jeopardy. And Jakeem Grant as well, to a certain extent. What The only thing he's got in his favour is re- his return capabilities, of course. So <laughs> we've got to have a really... Uh, but of course, that's what Jalen Waddle can do. So um, his roster spot is also in probably um, not as much of a threat as Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns. But really depends which way they go in terms of how many receivers they want to take. Yeah, Jason, let's, let's bring you in again, mate. Um, I have seen like Dolphins Twitter kind of saying, oh, absolutely not, don't want him anywhere near kick returns. But um, as Lee rightfully pointed out, like Chris Greer's, um, you know, pre post-draft um, kind of press conference, he mentioned Waddle as a receiver straight away. I mean, are you using him there, mate? Are you kind of lining him up straight away to, to field those punts and kicks? I mean, why not? He's got the ability to do it. He's done it in college. And I mean, he played in the SEC. So, I mean, he's going to be up against big guys each week anyway. So, um, I mean, I do think that there is, there is obviously, I mean, who did we have hurt last last year of kick returns? I can't remember who it was now. I think it was, was um, it William? Williams? I think was, it was Williams. Yeah, he did his yeah. ACL, didn't he? On a, kick, on a punt return when he's playing really well. But I mean, these things happen in football. Next man up mentality if he's, if he's the best man for the job, get him in there. I mean, special teams is underrated across the board. If you've got someone who can take it 40 yards back, then let's get him, get him going, give him the ball. I, I love what you, what Jay said about, you know, it, it just fits what Brian, Brian Flores has been all about all this time. I, I want to put the best players in the best position to give us the best chance to win. 
if he's the best person to return the ball, then hell, yeah. why not? I understand, though. I'm not saying I would have the balls to do it. That is far, far from it. But, you know, all, all the way through this process, you know, I, I was on Waddle for, for quite a while because I felt that's what the Dolphins would do, not necessarily what I would do. The same way that I don't know if I would have the guts to send him out on special teams because if it goes wrong, it's, it's it goes spectacularly wrong. But at the same time, you know, when the Chiefs are in trouble, Tyreek Hill's returning kicks and punts because they're in trouble. When Brian Flores was at the Patriots, you saw Edelman and Amandola back there doing it. He's not scared to do it. It's just whether it's a full-time role or part-time role. And whether you're willing to pay Jakeem Grant $5 million against the cap just for that ability, if the rookie can do it. You know, that's so right. I think, you know, if, if anything, it'd be Jakeem that I think is the one that's in, in real trouble here because of, because of the pick. Yeah, it does feel like though, with Jakeem, you've got like, I mean, all pro last year, wasn't he? All pro kick, kick returner. So why kind of move away from that? Um, as we're joined by a, a real life <laughs> Bengal in my own cap there. There you go. He's going <laughs> to bring that down. Um, but but yeah, um, I mean, so just what, what do you recommend? Because I, I think, uh, I think the Dolphins will do it until it's like too late to do, not do it. If you see what I mean? I think he's going to take a big hit and they'll pull him out or something like that. But I mean, what do you reckon? Why take the risk if you've got somebody like Jakeem Grant who's more than adequate in terms of, as you say, in terms of returning kicks and he can certainly do a job? Why take him off? Excuse me, why take him off those duties um, and mitigate the risk of, of a serious um, injury to Waddle? Uh, again, it just boils down to whether there is a roster spot for Jakeem Grant in the whole, in the whole scheme of things, I think. I think to Sorry, I, I go keep jumping in, but I, <laughs> I, I, I think I think for me it comes down to. I know, I know everyone's in favour of cutting Albert Wilson because of his cap figure, but if Waddle was to get hurt, not necessarily on special teams, or wasn't to pick up the offense as fast as you think, whatever, I think Albert Wilson is is a kind of plug and play replacement. Do you know what I mean? He's a better fit for the offense and a better receiver, who gives you something on offense whereas I think I, I just don't know if I want to be rolling where Jakeem is the, is, the, is the next guy out on the field because his hands haven't really got better over the years we hope they do but they never really have and yeah you're right I mean he's an all all pro punt returner um, kick returner which is great but to me all I hear is value in, in the trade market somewhere to hopefully off you know offload the contract and hey i think jakeem grant is great i said it a couple of weeks ago you know he's a great character he's, he's great on the team Lo- love his connection with um his relationship with Devonte parker but it's, it's just the drops on the field that I, I would be happy to lose i think it's um i think i saw Kadarius tony compared to uh, Jakeem Grant and I was just thinking God if that's your if that's your pro comparison you picked him at 20 what are you doing lads <laughs> that, that's one for the Giants isn't it <laughs> and, and Jakeem Grant was on the programme undrafted because they assumed he was going to go undrafted I know we took him late but if that's your pro comparison for a first round pick whew. yes exactly yeah. I think I'd question the people that made the comparison in the first place rather than the Giants. <laughs> yeah, true, true, very true. Um, 
All right, we've done enough on, on Waddle, but um, that's one that's going to be really exciting to to watch. And it's going to be one of those ones where you just can't wait to get him on the field, can you, and watch him come September time. Um, we'll, we'll flip to, to Jalen Phillips then, who is another guy I've got to eat a bit of humble pie on and say that I didn't have him on the draft board because I was really worried about the concussion side of things. Um, I mean, he's played 20, 20 games in his college career, 86 tackles, 23.5 tackles for a loss, 12.5 sacks and one interception on what was the worst play in Florida State history. I can think I can vouch for that. Um, uh, Jay, we'll come your way quickly then, mate. I mean, great player, un- un- undoubtedly incredibly talented player. You're not the first overall kind of prospect in a class um, without being uh, that, obviously. Any kind of worries about the, the past injury history or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you'd be naive not to be worried about it. Um, it's obviously quite serious. I mean, having to retire from college football isn't a minor thing, although I've read some of it was due to him wanting to pursue other pastures. I mean, he wanted to uh, do his music degree and he just wanted a break from football, it seems. But, I mean, the upside to the pick is huge. Um, I was saying this to Lee, if you... If you think about it as a freebie, because we obviously got our got a top ten pick from Houston, um, long live Lamy Tunsil deals. But um, <laughs> I think I think it's just so much upside to the pick. He he's got limitless talent, um, so athletic, and I think we saw last season just the value of edge rushes is just he's going getting higher and higher with the modern modern game. And I think his value as a mid round pick is really high. If he gets injured. The Dolphins obviously have taken that into account and they're happy to take the risk. So if they're happy to take it, I'm, I'm more than happy. Yeah, and he's, he's kind of like, he looks like a sneaky athletic, doesn't he? He's not like one of these guys that's yeah. absolutely stacked and it's kind of like going to be like ball rushing you into the, uh, you know, into the quarterback. But he's he just, he's so long and uh, and kind of, you know, quick and he combines that with like, you know, hand in the, hand in the dirt style technique. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean... Lee, Lee, talk to me about how he's going to fit into the scheme, um, kind of that three-four front, which we t- tend to play most of the time. I mean, hopefully, perfectly. Is it his? Is the idea? I mean, he's got he's got a good bend as well. Um, I mean, I I was with you. Um, I, I don't know if it would have been the pick for me because the the, the injuries scare me. I think we've learned a lot about this coaching staff throughout this draft. Um, I think that's one thing that you know we know last year they obviously took Tua, but he was their guy way before the injury even happened so I, I i wouldn't have taken that into account beforehand i think now we can see that they're willing to look at talent over over injury history to a certain extent so um that's super interesting and i'm i'm glad they addressed the position of need i don't think anyone was under the impression that ed rusher wasn't a position of need and by all accounts you know injury history aside he was a consensus number 1 Edge rusher. So, I mean, you've got to consider it a, a, a great pick. And I, I think so far, if Brian Flores is signing off on something, you've got to assume that the fit's going to be great as well. Yeah. Go on, sorry. And don't forget, the Dolphins have had access to all of his medical information, one would assume as well, something that the general media and, and the likes of us have not seen. So if they've had access to all of that information and they're comfortable with what they've analysed, and the way he's panning out in terms of his health, then they're the ones who have made the choice and we have to accept that their decision is, at the end of the day, is is the right one for for the organisation. So who are we to question that other than um, the obvious medical history that he's got and and keeping fingers crossed that doesn't reoccur? The the front office has definitely earned our trust. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I don't think we're at the stage where we should be questioning it that badly um 
the, the other thing is, I, I listening to the Three Yards We Carry podcast last week, and Simon Clancy mentioned that part of the, the thinking behind the retirement was not only the UCLA policy behind concussions, which is at four, you have to give up, um, but also the fact that he, just, he didn't get on with Chip Kelly. And, I mean, I don't know enough about college football, uh, about UCLA to, to, to comment on that, but, I mean, definitely from his time in the NFL, it's easy to see how... He's a very one one track kind of guy, and if you, you know, if you don't get along with that, it's easy to see why you, you might say, okay, I've got some concussion problems. Maybe it is worth, you know, seeing different avenues. But it certainly, certainly looks like that spark was reignited in Miami. So, yeah, just wanted to pick on something Jay said actually about him wanting to potentially pursue other avenues and other opportunities. I think um, Brian Flores and Chris Greer love guys who love football. And if that was a particular concern for them, that he would um, want to pursue those same opportunities another time, then they wouldn't have drafted him. So I don't think that is a question mark now. Perhaps more it was a reflection of his time at UCLA where he may not have been 100% happy with, with the likes of Chip Kelly, for example. So I don't think there's any concern there either. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as you said, if, if he has that, if he had that coaching worries, then it was probably an easy out for him. And then obviously he found yeah. his feet in Miami, where he, he obviously flourished. Hey, do you reckon he's a day one starter for us? Do you reckon he slots straight in? I don't think there's anyone else on the edge other than Ogba, is there? But do you reckon he kind of, you know, he's there week one? Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. I mean, if you look at um, our picks from last year, all of those were slotted straight in, um, and that was with no training camps, reduced reduced practices, all things like that. And I think this year. From, from all our draft picks, we're going to see heavy influence straight away. I think, I think they wanted to go with that sort of immediate impact sort of class. There's there, not too many of these guys, as we'll talk about some of the others, not a lot of them are project guys. Uh, I think they're beyond that stage now. They feel like we're... we're win now seems like such a, such a definite term. It seems like you're trying to win the Super Bowl right now. Obviously, that's the goal, but I think they are in... You know, this is a team that needs adding two rather than a team that is building from the bottom up. So, yeah, I think they are instant impact guys. That's what I was going to say about all four of our um, first and second round picks, actually, in that there's not any obvious flaws with any of those. They're all plug-and-play players now who can make an impact now. So I think, um, yeah, you're spot on there with what you say, Lee. Good stuff, yeah. All right, we'll move on then. Um, but Jevon Holland next, uh, 36th overall pick, 27 games, 108 tackles, nine interceptions and 10 passes defended at Oregon. My favourite pick of the bunch um, for multiple reasons. Um, obviously, the first two, <laughs> we're just not going to talk about them anymore. <laughs> also, to be fair, you've been calling for safety since the beginning of the process. So Thank you, thank you. I'll, I'll take some plaudits to, to, <laughs> to pull it back. Um, but yeah, I, I just think the way that he fits into that kind of existing secondary is going to be really exciting for us. And um, you've got like a out and out ball hawk, which um, with all, all you know, due respect to the guys that are there at the moment, uh, you know, they, they, they've had to work their way up there. They're quite kind of scheme dependent. Whereas Holland's got all those kind of tools to come in and just make an instant impact to be one of the better safeties in the league uh, in a couple of years. So, uh, Jay, I'll throw it your way as I've done with every, every other one so far. I mean, is, is you know, was this the right pick for you? Obviously, the rumour is that we were going to take uh, Javante Williams and the Broncos came up above us to do it sadly to take it uh, to take that and stop us doing that. But, I mean, not a bad kind of consolation prize if that's the case, is it? No, I mean, this is this was actually, it took me a bit by surprise and, it, and I've sort of grown to it so much. It was a sneaky good pick, I think. Um, 
as we saw last season, when McCain was off the field, we struggled. Um, and I think that was such a glaring, glaring need. It was strange that it wasn't talked about more. Um, well done for picking up on it yourself. There you go. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I thought we would go O-line with that pick after Williams went. I was pretty sure we would. Um, but yeah, so it's a bit sneaky pick, but I'm really happy with it. Um, I thought Trevor Morig would be the uh, first safety off the board, but then I've, I've looked into Holland a bit more um, since the pick and I really like, he's really versatile, everything Flores would like. Um, he can play numerous positions, he can fit into all schemes. Um, and as you said, he's a ball hawk. He's going to be, he's going to complement that secondary so well. And, and that is our strength, that is our identity now. Um, and I think we've got, we've got to really harness that and, and we'll kick on with that. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, great coming your way then, mate. I mean, um, uh, again, another kind of instant impact sort of guy, but do you think it kind of knocks McCain's chances of being on the roster or is it kind of a bit, you know, maybe Eric Rowe's uh, chances, you know, dropping down there a bit as well? I think probably more so McCain than Eric Rowe. I mean, as Jay alluded to, McCain has spent some time off the field and they've looked uh, and there's a salary cap issue as well, I believe, with McCain in, in terms of justifying whether he could be a cap casualty now. Um, but so I think there's. So I wouldn't be surprised if sooner rather than later he's he's replaced McCain in that starting lineup for sure. I mean, just to go back, um, I'm looking at a draft preview that Gridiron Magazine have produced, and Simon Clancy um, wrote the preview for them, and he's rated Holland their number one safety. Um, and he's to quote him, um, he's got his ball skills and instincts from deep safety or borderline elite. And if that's the sort of player that we're getting, then he's got to be on the field um, all the time. So again, another another good pick. And I, I, mean, I have to admit, I didn't hear know much about him before they chose him, um, but having read up on him and uh, reading your scouting report, Andy, that you kindly shared as well, he seems a top top player. And I loved his reaction on. Online as on social media as well when he got the pick that was and him and his family that was tremendous to see. Yeah, it's nice, and those are, those are the real real good bits, and uh, and his was his was particularly nice. Uh, Lee, I kind of like you were saying all throughout the process. You think you didn't think that the Dolphins would take kind of guys who had opted out and stuff. I guess he's kind of like obviously shunts that to one side. But I mean, what, what do you reckon on that now in reflection? Do you think it was like just a a case of the fact that he he was so good they couldn't turn that down, or do you reckon that might not have been their policy at all? Yeah, no, I, I actually still think it, it kind of was. I think it was one of the reasons that Waddle still still ranked as the second player on the board because it's so universally expected to be that Pitts and Chase were were above him. I, I think it was definitely maybe not used as as much as I thought, but I still think it was um, a tie-breaking decision. Do you know what I mean? If someone opted out, I, I think they would have been. But I think the interesting thing for me for for Holland was how quickly that pick was made. Same as same as the um, Jalen Phillips one. They knew who they wanted. I I know they say Denver came up because they thought we were going to take Javante Williams. The speed that pick went in, I, I don't believe it. Um, I think yeah. this is the guy they wanted. Um, uh, Omar Kelly pointed out earlier um, that they had the choice of edge rushers, got the one they wanted. They had the choice of safeties, got the one they wanted. I don't think you can complain at a draft class when you're taking the top guys on your board. Whether it pans out is, of course, a whole other matter. But, you know, that's the way they ranked them and they got the guys that they, they wanted they, more for it. And I think they, you know, deserve being applauded. Um, I, I think I'll come on to the running backs later when we're talking about talking about our seventh round pick. Our, our guy, sorry, sorry, were you coming in there? 
No, I was just going to reiterate what Lee said, actually. I mean, I noticed the same thing, even with the Waddle pick. That went in perhaps not as quick as Holland's, but relatively quick compared to all the other top picks. And, and it did strike me at the time that they didn't even seem to be considering other offers. They didn't make use of the whole 10 minutes. That pick went in uh, relatively early and it just supports the view that Waddle was the main target for them all along. With the Waddle pick, the interesting thing about that was everyone made, made the joke about him walking straight out when he got picked and not <laughs> celebrating with his family. But what had actually happened was that call was made so much earlier on. That had already mm. happened and the TV people had asked him to sit back down so they could try and capture the moment again. So, the, you know, going to what Simon said, that pick went in early. You know, that that's the guy. I, I you know, truly believe that had Pitts and Chase been on the board, Waddle was still the pick. Um I know there's going to be people screaming at their at their phones and radios right now and, you know, saying that's mad. But, yeah, I don't know. Everything seems to support it. That's Yeah, for sure. And you're completely right. Um, all right, we'll, we'll flip on then to Liam Eichenberg, who's the uh, offensive tackle from uh, Notre Dame. Jay, do you reckon uh, Eichenberg is going to slide in at right tackle straight away. Obviously played guard a bit at college as well, so very versatile. But where do you reckon he ends up? Yeah, I think I think right tackle is likely. Um, I mean, I think just once again, it's another Flores pick, someone who's versatile, who can move along the line, shuffle across. I mean, we've now got got that depth at O-line that we've been needing for, for years now. And we're starting to get a bit of depth, um, which is really important. And I mean, we had, uh, from betting-wise, we had Eichenberg going as a first-round tackle. So... Um, I mean, talk about us wanting Williams and Denver jumping us. It shows if we do want someone, we're not afraid to to move up and get them. And I think, I think that was a really good pick. And I think they really wanted him um, to move up to get him. As I said, he's versatile. He can play tackle or guard, and he's going to really complement that O line. And I think once again, he'll be he'll be a day one starter. Yeah, just a really really solid player. We were quite. Like it wasn't one that we were overly high on with the full ten yards like draft stuff, but we were just kind of recognised how just solid he was. You don't get anything flash. You don't get any kind of drama. It's just you know put him in there and he does his job and, and he doesn't give up any sacks. So it's exactly what yeah. we want, isn't it? Is there anything more, Brian Flores? They don't want guys that peak and trough. They want guys that are solid all the way through. I take slightly less talented, providing it's nice, consistent. You know, I I know what to expect from you, and I think you know. That is definitely a pick that just screams safety. You know, you know what he's going to do. You know, you can be confident when you put him on the field that he's going to do his job. He's going to do a solid job, um, and you can just trust him. So, does that mean that we can move on from Jesse Davis? <laughs> I was just going to say the same exact same thing. Actually, it does now throw a bit of doubt over what Jesse Davis is going to, what part he's going to play. But interestingly enough the fact that they've earmarked him to slide in at right tackle straight away shows a lot in terms of what they must think of him because he's going to be protecting to his blind side, of course, and to, to trust him over, a, instead of inserting him on the left side and, and moving other people around, um, I think so, a, a speaks volumes for what they think of, of this particular pick. Yeah, exactly. And I was about to engage in some Davis slander on Twitter the other day. Then I saw somebody throwing back that, that PFF had got Davis as our highest rated offensive lineman last year. And I was like, I'm just not here for this. now. <laughs> I'm just going to let it run. I'm going to say it on the pod and not get in the argument. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> very, very, very questionable. Um, all right. Now we'll move on to probably one of the more like controversial picks of the draft. Uh, again, kind of 
um, not really a need. I, I guess we can always uh, say there's quite a lot of tight ends on the roster, but but um, Jay, I'll come your way. What was your kind of first initial thought when we when we drafted Hunter Long? Um, I don't mind the pick. Um, I mean, obviously, it's the Boston College connection with Flores. Uh, with Flores. <clears throat> I don't know how much it went, that went into it. Obviously, Greer uh, made a joke that it was he had nothing to do with it. It was all Flores. But, I mean, the way we used the tight ends last season and how effective they were in the red zone. And, I mean, as soon as we put two in there, every time we were in the red zone, it was it was contested balls. We were throwing up to Parker, Kosicki, Smythe. So, I mean, I don't, I don't hate the pick. Um, he can block well. He's a big body. Let's get him in there. Helps the run game out. So I'm not against it. It is what it is, as you say. It wasn't. It's not a flash pick, but if he can come in and do a job, um, then I'm happy with it. Yeah, and, uh, and Lee. I mean, like, there's all the kind of people kind of saying when we were after Kyle Pitts, oh, we've, we've already got a really good tight end uh, in Mike Kaziki. But here we are with a player that is actually very, 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 very similar to Mike Kaziki. Um, I mean, what, what do you reckon, mate? Is that is that kind of saying to you that that Mike's not getting? another contract at the end of the year or is it more of a more deep than that uh i, I think is this, this is kind of like a, a multi-threaded issue <laughs> you know hey everyone's screaming that they wanted to go two tight ends more and that's why pits would be a great pick okay well you can still do that because you just took one <laughs> you, you just took one high and you took one that's clearly a, a flores guy um if he pans out it could help in negotiations with mike when he's looking at getting a new contract you know if he works out um Again, it just gives you options, options on options on options. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you want to run out there with two two tight ends, you can go with uh, Long and Gasicki. If you want to run out there with two with three speed guys, you want to send a true speed package on the field, you could actually right now at this moment line up with Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Jakeem Grant, and Albert Wilson. It, do, you, do you know what I mean? You want to see mismatches. Go on, throw, those, throw three of those four out there and see what happens. They like, you know, I just think it makes them more diverse. I think it was it was an intentional pick. They obviously want a second. I think they want a second go-to tight end, uh, a, a guy that can can fill the role. And the other thing doesn't seem to get picked up too much with Mike Gesicki. Um, maybe because he doesn't miss games, but Mike Gesicki gets hurt a lot in game, very much like Bobby McCain. Um, the time he misses is like the second half. He misses the fourth quarter. He misses. Do you know what I mean? He just misses time within the game, and I think. This is kind of cover for that as well. Again, big Mike Gesicki fan. I'm not not trying to to, to dig on him, but it, you know it, it's happened quite a bit. Yeah, I find myself watching quite a lot of uh, Boston College uh, tape for the kind of college stuff that I do. Anyway, I mean, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching Zay Flowers come into the league next year. Great receiver. Hopefully, Dolphins take him as an early tip. But um, but when I was watching Flowers the other day, all I can couldn't get my eyes off the length and the kind of contested catch ability and the radius of uh, of Hunter Long. He's just got really really long arms and just reaches up and time and again and gets the ball above people. And often when you kind of like that's an overthrow. It's not an overthrow with him. And so I think this is another kind of safety blanket sort of weapon for Tua here that they know is going to have a really good, you know, ability to, to not let the ball get away from him. You know, you know, Tua's got a bit of growing pains and stuff. Then Long's going to grow with him and it could be quite a long-term sort of tandem for them. But yes, yeah, Sai, what do you reckon? Um, I think it um, has an impact on the long-term future of Durham Smythe. I think his contract is also up at the end of the year. So I can't see how they can negotiate both him and Kiseki and have Kevin Carter on the roster and Hunter Long and um, Adam Shaheen as well. So they've got a whole bunch of tight ends 
um, that I can't see how long term they're going to keep five. Um, it also Lee mentioned around, it, or I, th I think I can't remember who it was. Maybe you, Andy. It gives us options, options, options. Um, so there are many mouths to feed. So my first thought was, again, somebody's not going to get the ball as much as what you would have expected because there are only so many passes to is going to throw, only so many catches that can be made. So somebody is going to be underperforming in rela relation to their expected value. And the last point I was going to make was maybe they're looking at um, it's a, a, some another receiver on the roster if, for whatever reason, Will Fuller doesn't pan out because, of course, his is only a one-year deal as well. So if they don't re-sign him or, or he only stays for one year for whatever reason, they've still got that extra receiver um, on the team who can compensate for that particular loss. So there's a lot of different angles that you can look at with regards to this particular selection. I think, I think it's interesting like what Andy was saying about the, the catch radius. We know that Tua excelled in completed passes in tight windows. I mean, that, that definitely plays to, again, you know, we called for talent for Tua. This makes sense. Do you know what I mean? This is playing to his strengths. So I, I like it from that that aspect. And I think I completely understand what you're, what you're saying, Simon, with regards to someone, someone's not getting the ball. But I think that's exactly the way Brian Flores wants it. Week to week, you're not going to know who that guy is. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's, I think it plays into the versatility. If someone's not getting it, it means somebody else is. And it's, because, I think they, I think they want to have as many avenues. You know, this could be a Mike Kosicki game. This could be a Will Fuller game. You know, a Jalen Waddle get whatever. You know, it's, I think that's what they want. I, I think they, I think they hate the idea of going into a, any any particular lineup and you saying yes, that's the guy who they're going after in this situation. I think it's just a way of trying to get away from that. Um, everyone knows that teams love to go to tight ends in the red zone. Well, let's get someone else who can catch the ball in the red zone then, because you know it's, it's easy to, to to try and scheme up for Mike. Okay, I know they've you know they've made plenty of additions and changes on the offense, but I think that's part of the big picture. Don't forget there was an there was another team. Sorry, Andy, there was another team that had two good tight ends in the red zone um, back in the day, and um, and they're trying to do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, as long as Hunter Long has his schemed game up in New England, then it'll be nice for all his uh, family and, and former college teammates, won't it, up in Boston as they watch us watch us win that one. Um, that takes us on to someone that, uh, the first one that I must admit, I didn't know anything about. And uh, and I don't really know much more about him now in, in Larnell Coleman, the uh, another offensive tackle out of UMass, a two-star recruit and a converted tackle from defensive end. Jay, did you know anything about him beforehand or if you have you enlightened uh, yourself afterwards? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had, I've had a look afterwards, um, as, as had to, but I mean, he looks like quite a long player, long Long wingspan. I think that's his obviously his standout. Um, I think he had the second longest in the draft. Um, and as I said it's more it's more depth than that on that O line. If we need to keep rotating guys, um, I think Flores will will get his his starting five there. Um, and if we've got capable guys who can come in and do a job when players are, are winded or or hurt, then that that's good. I mean, as I said with Jesse Davis, we've had to suffer him coming in and, and it becoming a weak spot. So. Uh, I'm all up for another offensive tackle here. Oh, so any, anything about him that you want to <laughs> you want to talk about? I don't want to force another O-line conversation around someone that is probably going to be a part-time player, but we will learn more about. 
Look at that, Radio yeah, Science quality. No, I, I'll go with Sonny. I thought it was interesting in his presser that they they spoke to him about had, had he been snapping the ball, and he was like, yes, I've started snapping the ball. I, I, I think, you know, it, it could be a, a kind of versatile... We talk about versatility of all the players and Brian Flores wanting them to do everything. I, I wonder if this is... I said there was no projects. I wonder if this is a side project where, you know, he's going to be a backup tackle, but we're going to see if he can come along as a centre because... It's one thing we didn't address in the in the draft is is the centre position and it it leaves. I mean, it's got to be the biggest hole on the team, and it kind of was one going into the draft. It's one of the only things that wasn't really addressed, which leads you to believe they've got a plan somewhere, whether it's somebody who's on the roster or I mean, I, I, get, I know someone's going to absolutely hate this when I say it, but I'm pretty sure Jesse Davis snapped before as well. I'm sure he's come in and played centre. Year, a couple of years ago but you know whatever the plan is and I'm not saying it's Jesse Davis but you know it just feels like they've got someone who's going to pop out of the woodwork as competition or at least a contestant to win that job next to Matskura. I think it's another player who can come in and be part of that rotation if you think about as Jay said if there's an injury or in the South Florida heat the more players you have with the ability to rotate in and out to keep that O-line fresh and if he's good enough they'll play then the better for the for the team in general. Yeah, that's that's definitely it, isn't it? And you know, th- these kind of guys are the ones that you're not like massively disappointed if they're not on the roster in a year, are you? They're kind of just a, a guy that comes in, tries to luck, and if they fit, they fit. Great, nice pickup, and and you know, everyone gets the plaudits for for being a good scout and that sort of stuff. So so yeah, um, I think the same can be said of obviously of, of Jared Dokes, who we took with the 244th pick. Um, finally got that running back, which everyone was clamouring for, and and he's been anointed across Twitter as the kind of saviour as the Dolphins' run game. Um, in reality, Jay, he's definitely just going to be the backup to Miles Mar- uh, Gaskin, right? Yeah, I mean, you'd imagine so. Um, you imagine it's going to be Gaskin and Brown. Um, I mean, Brown actually had some good snaps at the start of last season and I think tailed off towards the end and had an injury as well. Um, I quite like the signing of Brown. I think he'll, he will take, he will not share the reps, but he will get a fair share. Um, I say he looks like a big body, what a sort of Jordan Howard type, so he can get seven yards and seven touchdowns if he wants. Um, but, I mean, again, yeah, I mean, I think with the running back position, it's obviously highlighted how undervalued it is in the draft. But I think there's such a gap between an elite running back and your standard starting running back. There's such a gap. I mean, if you if you can get one of the elite ones, then there's such a huge weapon you just build around them. But there is so few of them around. Um, who's saying Harris will be one of them? It will be one of them. We don't know. Um, so I don't mind... The fact that we just came over this guy, still still looking at free agency. I saw Bima today that we've been talking to Gurley, whether his knees have completely gone or not, I don't know. But um, but yeah, he, he is what he is. He's the third down back, isn't he? He's going to be probably third running back behind um, Gaskin and, and Brown. On, People were complaining on the, tw- the land of Twitter that they didn't take that Harris or that Williams or the ETN, but when you consider the other selections they've made on the offensive line and uh, receiver, that is going to have a knock-on effect and improve the running game. 
So it's not going to be as bad as or bad in inverted commas as it was last year because it was respectable just about last year. But the people, the fact that the, the the opposing teams are going to have to account for a better receiving core is going to improve the run game. The fact that they've now got arguably a better offensive line as well is also going to improve the run game. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom in terms of not selecting the likes of Harris or Williams. I think the nat- you're probably see that natural curve of the running game improve anyway with with Gaskin, Brown and, and Dokes et al. Yeah, it's quite, quite an exciting programme, that Cincinnati programme that he's come from. And I think just he's experienced some kind of more, you know, big time games as this season went on and Cincinnati were obviously ranked. So it just feels to me that, you know, he's got a bit more exposure. He's played some big games. I think it's going to be one of those ones that might be a slow burn or a bit like Gaskin was himself. So I can see him sticking around for a while because he's, he's, he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of tread left on the tyre. Uh, only 311 attempts, i say, across like three college seasons. It isn't bad at all. So, yeah, I can see him being, a, like, you know, a mainstay of the Dolphins roster for a couple of years at least. So definitely a, a sneaky upside sort of pick there. And like I said about Coleman, if he's on the roster... Uh, in a year, you kind of get the plaudits for doing for doing the right thing and, and taking him with that value there, don't you? So, yeah, interesting one and one for everyone to target in there, like rookie fantasy drafts, because have to have the Dolphins players if you're a Dolphins fan, don't you? Which I've been doing too much so far. Um, all right, lads. I mean, we, we've, we've breezed through those, those those players that we've selected. Um, I just wanted to quickly touch on. Go on, Lee. Go on. You want to come in? No, for I, no I've got something. About- I, th- I think we've learned that the Dolphins front office don't value running backs even worse than the rest of the league because the rumour was that they were trying to move back up into round one to, to get Najee Harris. If that was true, then they didn't value him enough to do to do enough to get him because they had every opportunity. They, they've got all the, the capital. So to me, that's, that's nonsense. You, you either wanted him or you didn't, and I, I think they were kind of in two minds. The same with Javonta Williams. You know, they they had the chance to do that if they wanted. They purposely left it to around seven. I think every coaching staff has that position that their fan base will forever say you aren't addressing this position. And I think it, it, that goes for all teams and all coaches, whether it's Bill Belichick in New England or or, or, or Hugh Jackson. Do you know what I mean? It's every coaching staff has it. And I think we're finding out that for us, that's going to be running back. Um, there's no reason why Dokes can't be a good running back. I mean, look, we're here saying that, that Miles Gaskin has got a good chance to be a decent starter in the NFL. This is a seventh round pick. No reason Dokes is any different. Um, I, I do like the size. And just to address the, the veteran thing, if we're going after a veteran running back and a power back to get a couple of yards, just go and get Frank Gore and be done with it. Like, <laughs> If I want two yards, which running back on the roster right now are you asking to get you two yards? Like, there's no Lusaka polite on on this team, and I think that's that's my biggest gripe with Miles Gaskin. And I hopefully they've addressed it with Brown and and Dokes. Another theory, actually, in terms of why they've not yet chosen a running back either this draft or or last, the shelf life of a running back is arguably a lot shorter than everyone, every other position on the team. So you guys ask yourself a question, are the Dolphins Super Bowl contenders right now? If the answer is no, not quite, then it supports the theory. If they'd have drafted a running back, that's one year of a short lifespan of a running back that they've wasted not being Super Bowl contenders. So if they can, in effect, in a year's time, absolutely, you'd expect the Dolphins will be Super Bowl contenders in a, in a perfect situation 
And if they selected one next year, that's maximising that window that that running back is going to be elite, if you like. So that's the theory I have. Probably talking a load of rubbish, but... No, you uh, you backed it up with uh, with factual stuff, mate. We like that. Um, Lee, were you going to come on it though? You look you look skeptical. No, 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 no. I, no, no. <laughs> no I'd say it's as good a working theory as as any of the others. Um, you, you just hope that there's there's good running backs coming out each year because I think the classes do differ. I wasn't that that fussed by last year's running back class. I didn't think a lot of them going in, and I don't think necessarily any of them have done anything that special. Not, not, not in the way that I believe in RJ Harris is. I believe he's a different kind of, which is why I, I was so insistent. And I, and I said before, you know, I wasn't convinced that, him, that the Dolphins were going to take him. It's just the guy I would take. Um, I, I think th- this is one of those picks. You, you, know, you remember who who did we draft the year Earl Thomas came out? Silence, mate. Silence. I don't even know the year, Lee. <laughs> yeah. I can't even. Anyway, we, we whoever we drafted before Earl Thomas, basically everyone's always like, "Oh, you should have taken Earl Thomas." You went two picks later. It's like, fine. This is this is one of those. If Jalen Phillips gets hurt, someone's gonna, you know, people are gonna be saying, "Well, you had a chance for a, what looked like a, a far more solid pick." So, you know, they're definitely swinging for the fences, which yeah. is great. I, I say I'm all for it. I got no no problem with it at all, but. Yeah, you're completely right. And it's uh, just a really kind of interesting draft all round because everyone kind of, when everyone stepped back from the draft in general, you kind of started getting that Dolphins got the best class. And you saw that from from a couple of the main, like, you know, draft analysts and stuff like that, which is which is a bit of a change of pace to the way we normally go, isn't it? Um, but, but yeah, Jay, any kind of like last final reflections from you, mate, about how it went and anything that you would have done a bit differently if you were you were at the helm? Um, no, I mean, I'm really happy. I mean, I think the identity they went with, as we've discussed, is is people that are ready to go. Um, we've got improvements in key areas that we needed improving. Um, we didn't overly reach for anyone. We didn't give up too much draft capital next year to get who we wanted. Um, I said, Eichenberg, as you said earlier, really solid player. He's going to come straight in and he knows the job. Waddle got that connection with Tua. Phillips, upside, if he can stay healthy, is huge. Um, and then, as I said, we've got depth offence tackle in round seven, another round seven running back. And, and McGaskin did, did fine last year, as Lee said, was around seven running back. So overall, I think it's really promising. Last year, we got some uh, got some hate about getting to take two at five and stuff. And this year, I think rightfully so, we're being applauded for, for the draft. And I'm, I'm very happy with, with what we've got. Sorry, just to, just to cut in, apparently Malik Hooker's actually visiting with the Dolphins now. Yeah, saw that. I don't, know. I don't know if that's new or, or what I saw earlier. It might have been a bit of both. But yeah, so do you want to quickly talk to that, Lee? I mean, is that what does that say to you then? Um, obviously, another safety. Um, <laughs> feels, uh, I, feels I, like I would gonna... say it probably means that they're looking at, you know, everyone's been trying to work out where they're going to trim trim the salary cap fat, so to speak. Um, if I was Bobby McCain, I'd be talking to my agent saying, just keep an eye on whatever opportunities are out there right now, because <laughs> we know that's where the money really is in the, in the safeties room. Um, you know, the, the reason that you, that you want McCain on the roster right now is he is a good player. He's been a leader on the team, which is great. Um, and you want him to bring along the young guy. And I think that's a great role for Bobby McCain. I think he's, he's the sort of guy who would do that. But if you can trim that and bring in a veteran like Malik Hooker, you kind of get the same. You get the opportunity to pay it in upfront money and and not kind of have it go against the cap. 
and it's a guy that you intend on kind of replacing with Holland anyway, long term. Uh, I mean, it's interesting that they're, they're doing that now and they haven't already released a wide receiver. It leads me to believe that they're either trying to trade a couple of the wide receivers, um, you know, Wilson Hearns or Grant or... It, yeah, if I was Bobby McCain, that's, that's the guy I'd be worried about right now. Yeah. yeah, and I love Bobby. Bob, Bobby's a great player, and he's a great personality. Just and I say that about all the Dolphins. I think they really are a lot of them. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're completely right. It's going to be a can be a quite interesting one to watch there as well because he's a good player to be fair, of course, isn't he? And, and can't wouldn't complain with the addition in normal time. Wouldn't I'd probably like to as not to take him after we've taken Holland, but we'll have to see uh, it, how that pans out. It does kind of beg the question, you know, if. They obviously think the draft has affected his value, so he's now going to be cheaper than he was pre-draft. But, it, you know, for all of us who were out there screaming running back, why didn't you sign Malik Hooker two weeks ago and take the running back with, with the, the Holland pick? Not that I've got anything against Holland. It just seems like a would have solved two problems. You know, I don't know. It, it just seems like another way of going about this, this, this same thing and end up with kind of with the same result. But I'm guessing it's value-based, bearing in mind, Teams are now taking safeties in the draft and now Malik Hooker's out there looking for work. So, Right. Sai, any final ref- reflections before we will just do the kind of other bits at the end? But yeah. I just wanted to talk a bit about Gurley. Was that on your agenda? Because Jay touched on it earlier. Um, I, I, I see he's been linked with him today and I've been doing some research on the web about um, Gurley's stats and his productivity is in serious decline um, since um, he had that nasty knee problem with the Rams. And it, I, I, I just hope they stay away from him because I can't see what value he's going to add to the team and to the roster. Um, he's on the verge of his career. His knees are shot to bits. And um, I wouldn't be surprised that if at the end of his career he can hardly walk. Uh, so, no, I don't want anything to do with Gurley particularly. Um, he was a great player in his day, but... Um, big, red, big red flags for me. Just want to. I'd prefer it to stay away from him. I think this this is the problem. If you if you're in the the, the same camp as me and you, and you you think the the running back room still needs addressing because I still think it does. I'm not going to be satisfied until I see the see it actually pan out on the field as as an upgrade. Um, if these are the guys that you're left with, you know, Lev Bell. Does anyone really want Lev Bell? Like. It didn't work out in New York. He needed more time. He needed a better offense. Kansas City was a bit of a damp squid as well. Like, it's nothing. But these are the sort of backs that you're going to be left with is backs that no one else wants. There's a reason they, all these guys are still available. You know, um, I say this is what happens if you undervalue them. You you end up picking from the, from what's left over. Um, I, I, I think Andy actually, you, you had a great suggestion the other day. Look, if you're going to go after one of these guys, you might as well go after an AP. You know, um, like Adrian Peterson would do a job if, if you want to go the veteran route. Um, I, I think I would still be, if I was at Dolphins, I would still be shopping other rosters. Um, I would still be looking for. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know where, though. That's the problem. I, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, yeah. I know. I saw it mentioned on Twitter and I think Andy brought it up in the chat the other day, you know, phone Jacksonville about James mm. Robinson, but yeah, they're just as likely to want two backs as anybody else. I, I don't, they've got an undrafted player who's going to be on no money and Travis Etienne on a rookie deal. They've got no real reason to, to move on. Hey, definitely make a phone call because if they are, 
great, but you know, yeah, I don't know. I it. think th- these are these are just symptoms of, of undervaluing the position, you know, quite badly. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm picking up the phone to Baltimore and, and offering a sixth or seventh round pick for Gus Edwards. I'm still maintaining that that's exactly what we haven't got on the roster. It's like big Gus, big Gus the bus to, to, to pick up those extra yards. But we'll see, man. We will see. Um, I, I want to finish off by saying one thing as well. If you call Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskins, then I'm going to block you on the Twitter account now because I see it everywhere. <laughs> Stop putting an S <laughs> on the end of his name. It's really annoying. <laughs> Saw it last year with Joe Burrow. Uh, not, not Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. yeah, it was Joe, Joe Burrow. That was it. Everywhere. Just why do people do it? Like, it's just really bizarre. Stop it. <laughs> it's almost um, like um, calling Todd by the short and girlies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so we'll be doing that if we sign him. But but yeah, um, right, a couple of admin bits to finish off then. Um, we've got a, a Dolphin UK uh, snapback to give away, and that is going to uh, James Vernon, uh, Vernon Minton on Twitter. Um, so thanks for listening, mate. I know you, know you listen occasionally, and, and obviously you entered the competition, so congrats to you, mate. And uh, Sai, or fire at your way. I think you've got a couple of bits as well, mate. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Just want to give a shout out to Phil Scollin, who won the custom jersey for becoming a Dolphin UK 72 gold member before draft day. And also to Luke Sales, who won the Xavier Howard signed jersey in our charity raffle, of which we raised over £500 for the NHS. So thanks to everyone who entered, who is listening. Great. There we go. Go on. And I think the other thing is to to wish Martin, who, who I know listens and interacts with us all the time, a happy birthday because his birthday on the day of recording. Now, when this goes out, it's a whole other matter. But happy birthday, man! For, for Tuesday. There you go. Well, look at that. Right. Personal touch from the guys here. Personal touch. Um, Jay, thanks for joining us, mate. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Get you back on soon as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been enjoyable. Been good. Nice one, thanks, man. Jay. Nice one. Right, let's uh, wrap it up there then. Um, draft season's over. Only four months to the start of the season, guys. I'm sure there's plenty to talk about. I'm sure there's plenty of arguments to have and all that sort of stuff. So look forward to it. Catch you next week. Hi, this is Andy Turner, MD of Silver FX Sports, proud suppliers of all the merchandise of the UK Dolphins Fan Club. Please check out their great looking online shop and membership area at silverfx.co.uk. Click on the NFL link and then click down to the Dolphins. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.